Welcome to the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news, trending topics, and interviews. I'm your host, Robin Ayers, with you Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. I'm so glad you're here. And you know what? Andy just brought it in. I mean, is that the is that the the tone in which we are starting out today? It's a mellow tone, but it feels good. It feels good. We are on uh it's Wednesday already. My goodness, hump day. Happy hump day. Andy, happy hump day to you. Um, and happy hump day to you who are listening for this for another great conversation that we are looking to have today. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it. If you want to weigh in on it, you can do that by calling 1-800-920-1580. You could also join us right now over in our YouTube, which is a really a good look. It's always fun because we have a great community over there. Uh, so, yeah, join us right now on our YouTube. Hello, hello. I see you guys joining in already. Great to have you here. Um, yeah, yeah, it's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those conversations that we're looking to have. I'm going to have a great conversation with our, uh, contributor on the other side. I don't have many updates for you because all the updates are surrounding Lizzo. <laughs> you joined us yesterday. You know that Lizzo is really in the hot seat right now. She is catching a lot of backlash. And if we have time, we are, we're going to talk about more, of what Lizzo is going through right now. We still have not heard from her. If you were listening yesterday, you know that uh, we mentioned she is unfortunately or fortunately, depending upon how you look at it, uh, being sued at the moment by three of her former uh, dancers. And oh, my goodness, so many people are speaking out. As a matter of fact, Andy, let's just go ahead and let them know what the raw report is about today. Now it's time for a breakdown. All right. So I told you, Lizzo, people are coming out left and right. They're talking about, well, I have an experience, too. And Lizzo made me mad, too. And uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot. And uh, as much truth needs to be told, I'm I'm always behind the truth. But uh, as a human, I'm like, oh, gosh, like I almost feel bad for the woman uh, because I'm like she's catching so much heat left and right. And I don't know how she's going to get out of this. But at the same time, if, if you're out there acting a certain kind of way, then you need to be called out for it and pay the consequences as well. So we will talk about Lizzo in this show. But we're going to talk about why is it that when black people, they create a business, they get it to where it's profitable, uh, it's marketable, clearly. And they decide to sell. This has happened to so many different black businesses. Why do we call them a sellout? Interesting. We call them a sellout. But what do we call white people when they make the same kind of move? But we're going to talk about that today because Swiss Beats is airing it out. Swiss Beats is really giving us the real on this. So we'll talk about that on the other side. We're also going to talk about Ice Cube who claims that he can't go back to The View. <laughs> The View has banned Ice Cube, uh, allegedly, and this is according to him. He's He's been banned from The View as well as Oprah. Well, we know Oprah is not necessarily doing a show anymore. Uh, but according to Ice Cube, he's not welcome, and we'll tell you why. We're also going to talk about Monica. Remember recently we, we just spoke about how Monica hopped off stage to confront this guy. Well, fans are demanding something from her now. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe she'll do it. Maybe she won't. We'll see uh, what they are talking about. And if we all agree, if we think, you know, Monica should do what they are asking her to do. We're, we'll talk about that on the other side with our entertainment contributor. You are inside the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay right there. 
giving you your daily dose of entertainment and celebrity news. You're inside the Robert the Report. Report with Robin Ayers on KBLA Talk 1580. And it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's TK Trinidad with us today. How are you today, TK? How are you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, happy Wednesday to you. Your day is going well, I assume. I hope. Yeah, can't complain. Okay. Another day in paradise. Paradise. You know, TK, you're on to something. You are really on to something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listen, um, let's get right into this. We, we got to get into this because this is a topic I'd love to break down with you. We've seen time and time and time again when black people, they start a business and it becomes profitable over some time even if they have it for years or if they have it for a short amount of time whatever the case is we're actually seeing this happen right now in real time well in recent times with uh miel miel organics um Mm -hmm. it's a you know a woman who and her and her husband who have um it was a really great hair product and a lot of it's for our people and uh, they recently sold their their business, multi-millions of dollars. And people were so upset, TK. But this is not the first time. Carol's daughter. I mean, we could go on and on about different products. I know I'm naming hair products. But specifically right now, we're talking about um, Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats and Timberland, who in 2020, as you know, they... Um, they got this brilliant idea that was like, listen, everybody is stuck at home right now. Nobody can leave and everybody's on social media. So why don't we from our own homes? Why don't we play, you know, our hits, our best of hits? Right. So I know, you know, this TK, but for anybody who's who's unfamiliar with how the the platform versus started Swiss Beats, who is a, a mega uh, music producer, as well as Timbaland, who is a mega uh music producer they decided to play hit for hit one after the other and everybody was tuning in like oh my gosh this is amazing because it took us all back i don't know about you tk but i grew up on a lot of the swiss beats uh music and timberland music and so it it was just a nostalgic moment uh in real time for us and Mm -hmm. that really became something that was just um extraordinary for the community it was they began to get artists involved so you know this person against that person rappers involved i mean it has grown so much all the way to gospel singers um so so much anyway the versus platform took off and it became profitable uh it, it became marketable i'll say and they wound up selling the business Okay, now there are some legal, some legalities here behind what happened with their business and there's lawsuits and things like that involved. But but nonetheless, they sold their their business for uh, multi-millions of dollars. And Mm -hmm. people have been like, y'all are a sellout. You sold out because you decided to sell the business once you had something. Um, Andy, do we have the clip? We could go ahead and play uh, what Swiss Beats was saying regarding the backlash that they received when they sold uh, Versus. Let's take a listen. The negative backlash, I knew that I knew that people wasn't really educated on what we was doing and, and how we was doing it. You know, um, me going back to school showed me how to build up and um, not sell out, but sell in. We got to we can't just be sitting back and watch all the non-colored uh, entrepreneurs c- 
cash out, that's called good business. But when we cash out, it's called selling out. Like, I just don't understand that part. And, um, and I never will understand that part because at the end of the day, you're building the asset to, to, to turn into something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you want to own 100% of nothing? Just to say, like, I own it? You know what I mean? Like, no. Um, the richest person in the world own probably, like, at this point, less than 10% of their company. That's the richest person in the world. And that's what we got to understand. Hmm. Uh, do we have part two? Stand, like, yeah, okay, we let's can go own 100% of verses. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to take care of all of the artists um, that participated in verses, especially at a time of help that was needed mm-hmm. in not just our culture, in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out a structure, and we figured out a structure where we could bring everybody and make them a part of the IPO, which is going public. Because imagine how many platforms that we build that we're never included in. You know, imagine that all of the artists that set off Instagram got a piece of it when it went public, that set off Snapchat, got a piece of it. Like, artists would be like in way better shape. Mm -hmm. We're used to build everything, but we're not a part of nothing when it hit the big stage. And so my thing was like, yo, Let's do this deal because of the company that we're doing it with hasn't went public yet. And this would be the biggest creative IPO in history. Strategy, strategy. TK, give me your thoughts. I mean, everything that I mentioned, uh, just in terms of how, and it be our own people. <laughs> our own people are the ones who call us sellouts when we see someone build a business and then they sell it for multi-millions of dollars. And, uh, and then we call them a sellout. Give us your thoughts and then hearing um swiss beats explain the strategy behind selling his business uh give us your thoughts on it well i mean at the end business to run a business to start a business all that stuff is a lot of like hard work a lot of sweat equity stuff like that and i think that you know some of us you know we see the television shows like succession and you know we hear about like the family you know, empires and stuff like that. And, you know, we want to see our people have that, have that too. Mm -hmm. And it really is just dependent on what the business owner's game plan was. So Swiss Beats game plan, this is an asset. This is not, this is not something like a a family legacy that he wanted to pass on to his kids or all this other stuff. And the thing too, with selling that and using the money, it it sounds like, and which is something that Jay-Z has talked about as well. It sounds like it's they're going to use it for to support other black endeavors that we may or may not even know about. Um, you know, for instance, Jay-Z is huge in the art world, He's supported a lot of black artists and stuff like that. So if he kept the money within a certain company, per se, then, you know, the, it's not going to be the wealth is not going to be spreading. So I, I, I definitely feel it as a business owner. It's just a lot of work. And, you know, to reach kind of the mountaintop where you're like, I can't take it any further. And for somebody to pay for pay for that a good amount, uh, why why not? And then using that money, because if you built it to that level, that means that you like building stuff. You like entrepreneurship. So who's to say that he's not he hasn't or he does or he doesn't have a company that's going to remain in the family and that he's employing black people, etc. So, you know, I, I feel like we watch. We, we people who don't not really into business like that watch TV and say, oh, well, you have to, you know, I have to stay here. We want to be we want to have that one person, um, you know, 
having you have, you have that one person controlling everything and it's not like that it'd be nice to see it once in a while but you know given everything historically where we started it's not like that so let's build our wealth I agree with you. Uh, it does depend on every person is different. Everybody has their own strategy. And for someone who is like Swiss Beats and his wife, Alicia Keys, who are already uh, we're assuming that they're well off and that they have a high net worth. Um, they have other other endeavors. They are multimillionaires just in their own right. So it's not like this is the thing that they need to hold on to to pass it down. Um, but I guess. If I'm looking at it, and, and Penny Thompson, I hear your point. She says, I wouldn't call it a sellout. I call it being smart and a blessing when it benefits the seller who turns around and blesses others. I agree with that. Um, and, and that's why I like this very specifically. He's talking about when they sold Versus, they wanted to give all the people who helped to start it IP ownership. They wanted to, to be able to bless the people who helped start it because these other platforms, think about all the people who first started on Instagram or first started on Facebook. They're not as creative people. They're not getting any any ownership or any benefit for being some mm -hmm. of the first to do it. So I do like this strategy. But although I wouldn't call it a sellout either, do people have a point? Do people make a point where they're like, listen, because of us and our history and how uh, and what we lack, isn't there something to say about the fact that we give everything we're, we're we this, the name of the game seems to be this. Let me build something that I think is cool. It catches on. Other people like it. I'm selling it. It's doing well. It becomes profitable. And I want to go ahead and sell it. That seems to be the name of the game. It doesn't, we no longer really see people who are holding on to businesses for the long term to pass something down. Now, sure, you could you could argue that you already have money, your your kids are set up. You can argue about that. But long term, long money, I'm talking about your kids, 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 how Beyonce and Jay-Z are talking about their grandkids you know, eight, eight times over are going to be rich. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about that kind of money. Isn't there a point to say that, uh, that we should hold on to something because we're looking long-term? Well, he also mentioned that, you know, it's, it's in the, it, there's paperwork, right? So you might be selling it, but then you might still have stock in it or you might have, you know, company seats in it. There's a lot more things. Again, I feel like, um, the people who tend to say, you know, you're selling out probably haven't run a business before. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, true. you know, there's so many other options in the paperwork. It's not like, hey, I'm selling you this company. You give me a billion dollars and, you know, I'm just going to walk off. It's, mm -hmm. it's rare that that happens. Sometimes, you know, if, for instance, if my company sells, I'm going to still want obviously part ownership and I'm going to still want some type of control but that means another company is going to come in and they're just injecting more money they're going to take that platform or that whatever to the yeah. next level so you're just so we don't it, necessarily know what the paperwork says right right it doesn't have to be all or nothing uh is what you're basically saying um it's typically a, not all or nothing yeah yeah andy um what's your your thought on that um, I respect the business side 100%. TK, she's on point 100%. I like what Swiss Beats had to say as well. Um, it kind of uh, answered some questions because I think what's missing in this conversation is is the social equity aspect of Versus. You know what I'm saying? Bump the dollars, all that stuff. Versus was birthed in, in, in the midst of 
would you call it chaos, the pandemic or sure. whatnot? I mean, it was sure. a different time. And mm-hmm. I just think what verses meant to, to the culture, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The fact that you sold that out. You don't know how much those battles uh, uh, help help my mental mm-hmm. my mental being. You know what I mean? Being able to 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 watch Earth, Wind, and Fire battle. Um, I forgot the group that they battled, but just the, the history it, it brought people together. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the, the sellout comments is that you 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 kind of sold away hope to a degree. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, to TK's point, uh, if if someone chooses to remain on the board or remain. Uh, the, have the controlling interest or uh, we don't know what the paperwork is right to your point TK so we don't know that verses will change in that sense (coughs) because um, but to a degree I kind of was looking at it and I was like it is changing I mean it went from being inside of COVID and the pandemic to outside Mm -hmm. of the pandemic and while it was in we had everybody battling from their homes trying to figure out the technicalities we you know some people we couldn't hear the producers but uh, you know once we were out of COVID they're battling on stage in the same city so you know and that all costs money it definitely all costs money Um, and there had so there had been some evolution to it but uh, to Andy's point I think you just don't want to lose what it meant to the culture. So I definitely get that. Uh, Fahima's given us a call. Um, let's let's listen to what Fahima has to say about this. Hey, Fahima. Well, hey, Robin, and hello to your uh, to your guest there. I wouldn't call them sellouts. They have their prerogative, but I know I personally felt some kind of way when I owned DET stock and Bob Johnson bought the stock back from everybody at a profit and sold it to Viacom. Mm. Now, now today I own Urban One stock. I would feel some kind of way if Alfred Liggins bought our stock back and sold it to someone else. And so uh, it's one thing, you know, where there are things, and these people, they have a right to do whatever they want. But when you own a piece of something and you own it because it's black, and then they take it and they sell it to, to non-colored people, you feel some kind of way. Mm, you know, this this actually hits home. Uh, well, it doesn't necessarily hit home, but it's uh, I had a recent reminder because I listened to the audio book of Deborah Lee. It's called I Am Deborah Lee, where she talks about the entire journey from uh, from from the inception, really, even before her going over to BET. And we all know that she was once the COO as well as the CEO of BET. That wasn't all she was. That wasn't well, I know. Oh. We're not, we not going to get into her business right now. Oh, boy. We ain't going to get into her business business. Um, and if you don't know, Fahima is talking about what Deborah Lee has already let us know is that she was, you know, getting it cracking with Bob Johnson. But that's that's her business. And she puts if you want to know the whole story, it's a really good story, by the way. Go ahead and read her book. But she does talk about the the transition and all the different uh, <laughs> Fahima. That was funny. Uh, she does she talks about all the the, the journey of BET. So I completely understand where you're coming from, especially having uh, owned stock in BET. I could definitely see where you're coming from with that. But with that being said, Fahima, give me your quick your quick point on this. You may not see it as uh, as being a sellout. And I hear where you're coming from as far as your position. But what do you think about the overall thought of people saying, listen, can we just hold on to something like Bob Johnson? He sold it for billions of dollars. Can't we hold on to something, especially like to Andy's point, that meant so much to the culture? Exactly. And again, is these people, is their prerogative, you know, um, I, I mean, I don't know the, the deal that Swift Beats had with Versus, and, but it's their prerogative. But 
It, the same thing happened with Shea Moisture when they started mm-hmm. marketing the people outside the culture. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm going to hang up because I know time is short. We appreciate um, you. Thank you so much, Fahima. Uh, She's right, TK. She's right. I mean, we see this time and time again, and especially I was just talking about Mayel Organics, where they, uh, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues, the more recent issues, was that it was meant to, it's created by a black woman, the product meant for black people, but all Mm -hmm. these white Mm -hmm. people, or like like Swiss Beat said, non-colored people. All these other people started using it and making it go viral on TikTok. And they they're Mm -hmm. the ones who really uh, made the price go up. They made the stock go up in Myelo Organics. And uh, as a result of that, it was it was sky high. Stock was sky high. And as a result of that, uh, she went ahead and and sold that thing for a lot of money. And so does it make a point? Would you then start calling that a sellout? Not to say it was, but I'm saying would one look at that and say now that's kind of selling out. Right. There's a lot of factors. So, for instance, you know, we have um, Killer Mike who started a bank and, you know, they're, they've, they've experienced a few problems. But the reason I bring this up is that a lot of black businesses don't get the loans or the grants or the other things, even though, you know, there's a lot of places that are saying, you know, you know, small businesses, all this other stuff, they're not necessarily getting the money that they actually need and the capital they need to continue running the business. And even though, you know, for instance, Maya, and obviously you have to see the books and stuff like that, but to have a product company, and this is like from experience, it's really expensive. Not only do you have to make the product, you have the packaging, you have all the things, mm-hmm. that sh- all, all that stuff costs money. So even if they're, you know, making a certain amount, there's a, there's a lot of it that's going into the product and stuff like that. And there's a lot of stuff that people are not talking about as far as getting the backing from, uh, you know, from banks and from other businesses to help support this. So it's like when you're kind of pushing your business up this hill, you know, by the time you get to that point and you're like, somebody's offering you like, Hey, I can give you this, this amount. Like sometimes you're just exhausted. I I definitely agree that we need to keep businesses, you know, we need to, I, I do want to see kind of that that let me, that, let me, that let me where a family TK, takes care me, of everything. I want to hear the rest of your point. I want to put a pin in this right quick, and we're going to come uh, when we come forward. I want to hear all that you have to say on this subject. We're we're not done with it yet, y'all. Uh, right now, we got news, traffic, and sports. You guys stay right there. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. You are inside the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Well, we are having a great discussion, and this is a special shout out to TK. I hear it's your birthday coming up. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up tomorrow. <laughs> Happy early birthday, TK. Since we thank won't you, have this you. conversation tomorrow, happy early birthday. We wish you the absolute best. Send her some love over there on YouTube. Send T- TK some love, everybody. Um, so we were just talking about Swiss Beats and opening. he's opening up about the backlash he received, him as well as Timbaland, for selling verses and people calling them a sellout and how when black people do it, that's what we call them, a sellout. But when white people do it, they say that's a great business move. And... Uh, We're trying to unpack that. I don't know that we have a lot of time because I do want to move on and talk about these other subjects and just really get your input on this. Um, Ice Cube is recently talking about the fact that he has been banned from The View and from Oprah because of... Now, this is allegedly... Like, he's allegedly been banned because of his opposing views from from those two uh, different 
media outlets and platforms and the hosts, right? But, you know, it, it was kind of shocking when I heard about The View. The View always has guests on there who they don't agree with and um, they're outright arguing on the show and all of that. And so I don't really... Um, I don't really understand that too much. Now, Ice Cube has gone on the record of saying that he is an independent thinker. He He's willing to challenge anybody politically. But uh, what do you think about the fact it could it be in his head <laughs> or does he does he make a point? Maybe because of his opposing views from everyone, he's not allowed on the show. And um, the other question that I want to ask you is would it isn't. Isn't that what media is about? Media is really about having challenging conversations, really open, open, just so that we could um, we could uh, be challenged a little bit more on our own uh, perspectives. And so I think that's what it's all about. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on the show. Um, that's definitely one thing. And, True. you know, it, yeah, it just depends on the show, meaning that, you know, it might be the producers don't think it's a good fit. It's also, it's also about numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the thing that really got me when I was um, reading the article with Ice Cube, like he was saying that there have been times where, you know, a show or a movie that he either produced or he was actually on, like everybody else would be invited except for him. Mm. Like that's glaring, like, okay, come on, like, I'm also a producer and I'm actor in the movie and you have everybody else but me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a couple of things that might be play. It could be the producer, it could be the host, or it could be, you know, his management team at the time. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that, um, you know, a lot of conversations that would need to be had that, you know, the way entertainment and pretty much a lot of stuff work that you'll, you'll just never find the answers to. So, you know, putting two and two together, then yeah, that looks, the optics for that looks pretty bad. As far as the view, it could be so many, it could be so many things. It could be like a one-off. It just didn't fit that day. Or, you know, he, he said that he's been denied multiple times, but you don't know if he is bumped for somebody else who can bring in numbers. Cause at the end of the day, every, for, for, for shows in particular, like shows that are on network TV, mm -hmm. like the numbers that happened 10, 15 years ago is, not significantly less. So everybody's battling for those numbers. So, you know, it could just be a numbers thing where they pick one guest over Ice Cube. Okay, well, you know, this guest will be better for the demographic other than Ice Cube, even though he thinks that what he has to say or what he has to promote is important. Sure. It's, it's not that. It's not the case, um, especially for big, big, big shows or shows that have been, you know, on air for a long period of time. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yesterday I was having this conversation. It was all about Lizzo. You know that Lizzo is definitely in the hot seat right now, catching a lot of heat because of uh, some claims that her three former, actually more than that, but specifically three former uh, dancers of hers are filing a complaint, filing a lawsuit against her, for all these different complaints. And uh, I'm sure I don't have to fill you in, TK. You are just in the know, so you know. Uh, but if you weren't listening yesterday, um, she is being accused of, of fostering a hostile environment. She is being accused of um, body shaming. She's being accused of being narcissistic and hard to work with and all different kinds of things. Now, I again, I say this all the time. I'm not normally one to just go with what I hear and just run with that. I usually try to wait for some facts. I try to wait for another uh, the other party to to make a statement or something like that. But since Lizzo has not spoken out, 
we're only left to what social media is saying. And TK, now more people are coming out. There's a, a filmmaker who says uh, her name is Sophia Nali Allison. And she says that um, she was actually going to do a documentary on Lizzo. And she followed her. She traveled with her for two weeks. And she wound up leaving because she says that it was really just a terrible experience for, for, for her. She said she was treated with such disrespect by Lizzo. She says uh, she witnessed how arrogant, self-centered, and unkind she is. She uh, claims that she was not protected and was thrown into basically a situation with little support. And her spirit said to run as fast as she could to get away from this situation. Now, uh, uh, this is a completely um, independent party. She was going to do a documentary on her, but we've also heard from creative directors. We've heard from uh, now two of the... Um, plaintiffs are they're speaking out on TMZ about their situations I mean it's just been a little bit wild your take on this entire situation with Lizzo and, and if she's able to come back from this situation um, well I it, it depends the um, her demographics kind of spread all over the place um, so it, it's possible that she can bounce back um, I actually just found out a friend of mine who I went Jim was she was a dancer for Lizzo and she kind of co-signed mm. on um, what the ladies have said. Um, and, you know, that kind of tracks because I remember she was dancing for Lizzo for a period of time and then all of a sudden, like, she's just no longer doing it. And I didn't want to be nosy, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's kind of odd because she's been in the game for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I when I, when I heard it first, I kind of almost lean towards the person they're accusing because when you, again, it almost goes towards business. When you're, when you've pushed yourself, you know, to make yourself a brand and you finally make it, it's oftentimes people do come and, you know, try to tear you down because they want what, what you have. Mm -hmm. However, you know, these claims, um, you know, and you, then, and then I did also watch her show, you know, it's, it could she could have crossed the line where it's just like you know she was passionate or she was whatever and you know that's just because you're a good artist doesn't make you a good manager of people that's the so truth right you know there. that could be the thing i don't know i mean it's all speculation she hasn't she hasn't come out um but you know she was pretty tough on the girls on the show mm -hmm. and that was just you know snippets edited versions put together on the show. Um, but on the flip side, I can, you know, I understand why people are tough on people because you, they have to look good in order for you to look good as well. Um, yeah. So long story short, if they have these claims and they felt that way, um, you know, Lizzo just needs some receipts. <laughs> yeah. And if she doesn't have those receipts, like that's what it all kind of, you know, in, in, in the court, of, a court of public opinion, it doesn't really look, it doesn't look great for her, yeah. especially since she was toting body image and stuff like that. And now you exactly. have these people saying that they've been called that. I think that's, that's the thing that's kind of getting people a little upset because like, wait, how are you going to do that? But sure. then call your dancers that. So, you know, I think that was, that's the kind of thing that's really sticking with people. I agree. I agree. I, I know that this is going to be a tough one for her to come back from, but uh, it's possible. We've seen plenty of people do it and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with her. But in the meantime, again, if this is true, what I'm hoping is that she realizes that uh, she is not invincible and she is not above the law and that she needs to pe treat people with kindness. And maybe this could be a growing moment for her uh, again, if this is true. So we'll wait and see what happens mm -hmm. with that. But 
But I do want to get your your thoughts on this before we let you go. Um, fans of Monica are saying she owes the guy that she confronted an apology. <laughs> They're saying if you if, if you remember. Uh, she Monica hopped off the stage basically to confront this man who she saw at the time. She she said that she saw him assault a woman with all of his might, and she she basically just just shy of cussed him out, and uh, she did apologize later on a on a on the platform of like the shade room and all of that, and she said she apologized there, but she was more so apologizing to the people about her her. Um, sort of not overreaction but how she handled the situation now people are mm -hmm. saying since the full video came out and we were we were able to see up close and personal that there was a little tussle between the man and the woman that it was really the woman and this is again i said this with my with my own eyes what i saw again we don't know what happened before i know we were talking about this before we don't know what happened leading up to that situation but from my eyes i saw the woman uh try to she tried to assault the man first and he sort of in defense hit her back um fans are they're saying monica needs to apologize do you agree that monica should offer this man an apology mm, man <laughs> I, this is she truly feels sorry i feel like we've, we've gotten into a point in society now where we're very quick to force people to say sorry when they really might not feel sorry. She she did ref she did reference the point during the concert saying, you know, it, it was a traumatic it was a trigger for her. Um, you know, just even yeah. seeing that. Like it regard like regardless of who started her or not, just see like, you know, any seeing two adults, because I saw the video as well, um, from that angle, seeing two adults fight in a public place, not to say fighting in anywhere is okay, mm -hmm. but to that point where you're fighting in a public place is just never, it's never a good look. And it's also like what, what's going on. Um, so should she apologize? If she feels like she needs to apologize, um, then sure. But I, I'm not, I am not for making, forcing anybody, regardless if they're a celebrity or not, um, making them apologize or else type scenario mm. um because now everybody's going to start apologizing now you're going to force everybody to start apologizing when they really don't mean it and now you're going to force people to what their true feelings or opinions about stuff is now going to go you know essentially in the closet and you know people are just going to say oh i'm sorry but you're really not going to know what they truly mean or what's truly being said behind closed doors sure so, i do feel uh, like if she that. if she is apologetic if she truly has taken a step back looked at the entire situation and says listen I didn't know the fullness of it I only saw what I saw uh, but if she looks back at the entire thing and um, she she's truly apologetic then I think it would be a big big deal if she apologized it takes a big person especially in that scenario all of these people are here to see her perform they're watching her she's the celebrity here uh, sort of a power move and to humble yourself like that and, and apologize would be a truly uh, it would be a big deal so and I think Monica is woman enough to do it just when mm -hmm. I hear her talk when I hear her speak and she uh, she has conversations with her children and she t talks live uh, online about conversations that she has with her children I'm like you know I think she's the type of woman who would so uh, I think it would be a great idea if she did if, again if she um, if she is truly apologetic to pretty brown Mimi uh, to your point. She says that um, Monica should can apologize privately. And she's talking about the couple. I don't know that they were 
actually a couple who came to that concert together. It just looked to me like a man and a woman who were in each other's space and getting into it. I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, and as far as apologizing privately, she don't know that man like that. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but I think it would be nice for her to say, listen, on social media, hey, if you are listening, I apologize. I didn't know this, the, the whole situation and uh, and make an apology that way. And uh, according to our YouTube poll, 80 percent of you say yes, 67 rather <laughs> say say yes, he should or she should apologize to that man. And 33 percent of you, all of y'all say no. Nah. OK, well. We don't know if she's going to do it or not. We don't know. But if she does, you know you're going to hear it right here on The Raw Report. Um, TK, again, happy early birthday to you. I hope you have a fantastic one. We appreciate you coming on to the show. Uh, let everybody know, again, where they can find you. Uh, thank you for having me. You can follow me, uh, find me everywhere on all the things at TK Trinidad. Well, we appreciate you so much, and we will look forward to having you again on The Raw Report. Enjoy your night. All right. Thanks. You too. When we come forward, we're going to get to this uh, <laughs> who's got next. I like the uh, the person, uh, and I'm sure we haven't done it before. So uh, this particular person, I think you'll like. So we'll get to that and what not to miss on the other side. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Stay there. All right. So this particular guy is... Uh, it actually shocked me, surprised me when I found out that he does music because he's an actor. He's an actor model, but he also is uh, an executive producer of some great shows that you might know on television right now on BET called All the Queen's Men. He's the creator of that. He actually wrote a book on that, uh, Saints and Sinners. He's uh, in a whole lot of shows and whatnot. You can research, research him on your own, but his name is Christian Keys, and this is called So Sweet. Okay, Christian Keys. <laughs> Christian Keys. Are you feeling it? Nice. A man of many talents and he can sing. Love his vibe. I hear that. I hear that. Uh, I, I like the vibe. I like the vibe. You know, Christian Keys kind of coming with it. And uh, I can appreciate that. So definitely add him to your playlist or, you know, keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on the guy. I think he's going places. He's very, very talented, as you said, Penny Thompson. Uh, woo, what you don't want to miss, y'all. Let me give a very, very special shout out to my late stepfather. Rest in peace, Charles Chicoa. He put me on to this movie and it became instantly one of my favorite movies of all times. This movie is called A Bronx Tale. And shout out to my mom because we all used to get in there, watch uh, movies and, and shows together. And they both put me up on so much, um, so many movies, foreign movies and all kinds of great stuff. Well, anyway, it's going to be the 30th anniversary of the cult favorite, A Bronx Tale. And it stars uh, Terrell Hicks and L Lilo Broncado. And it's going to be re-released as the 30th anniversary edition on September 12th. I know we're I know this is in advance, but A Bronx Tale is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And I will be I will, I will be on deck. OK, I will be on deck watching that show, watching that movie. So September 12th, you guys definitely cannot miss that. It's going to be one for the books. Uh, it's been a great show. Definitely. As always, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. Remember today and every day forward to be a blessing.